What's going on, everyone, and welcome into the Stanley Cup Finals episode of Expected Bets 4 presented by the Odds Breakers. In this episode, we'll talk the series and break down our picks for Game 1. We got the usual crew, as always, throughout the entire playoffs. Let's start with uh, Matt. How are we doing? What's up, guys? You're doing great. The Rangers are not in the Stanley Cup Finals, um, so love and life right now. Um, and, yeah, happy to talk some puck. Can't wait. For the Stanley Cup Finals start tomorrow, it's just cruel that they did like a five day layoff. Yeah, honestly, kind of ridiculous. I get we got the NBA Finals, but yeah, it feels like it's been like two months between uh, the Western, the Eastern Conference Finals ending and Game One of the Stanley Cup. Uh, Betsky, how are we doing out there in the Heat? Re- oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I think both teams are probably really happy with it, though. Kadri, Point, Kemper, a lot of teams like banged up. I think the extra time helps the teams a lot. I think it should improve the quality of the series. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to some injury news later. But um, all right, let's bring on the next guy, Besky. How are we doing out there? Yeah, we're doing good. It's uh, It's been brutally hot, so we're kind of getting the brain melt at this point and trying to stay hydrated with some uh, nice Sunday seltzers by a little local brewery out here called Four Peaks. So trying to trying to still enjoy life <laughs> as much yeah. as i can but at least we got hockey coming back because uh can't stay in the pool all damn day that's what i learned no it's never a bad day to have a seltzer Petsky. you gotta remember that it's never a bad day franco how we doing out in philly good good we're not as hot uh here but the humidity is starting to kick my butt a little bit so I'll probably be cracking some seltzers as well <laughs> <laughs> i was debating this i I was debating and drank a little bit yesterday, but yeah, no, I held off for now, but we might see at the end of the podcast, maybe I'll crack a few. Uh, all right. So obviously we'll get to kind of the Stanley cup finals uh, series and game one in a little bit, but let's break down some breaking news. Bruce Cassidy has taken over the job in Vegas. DeBoer was fired after missing the uh, playoffs for the first time in Vegas's franchise history. Uh, Cassidy obviously got fired, let go from the Bruins after making the playoffs in six consecutive seasons. Kind of a surprise firing uh, from everyone. I guess we'll start with Cheds right now. Cheds, how do you think he fits out in Vegas? Great fit. For a team that's win-now mode, like Bruce Cassidy is a fantastic head coach. I mean, he literally led the Boston Bruins to what was like 108 points this year. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. And they just ran into a really good Carolina team. They just couldn't win one game away from home. Um, I think there's got to be something behind the scenes as to why he got fired. I think he's a fantastic head coach. And like I said, I think the one gripe against him is that he's not great for young players. Um, Vegas is going to trade all their first round picks anyway. It's not like they really yeah. care about their young players. Um, so I, for a team that's in win now mode for a team that, you know, wants to get back to the playoffs and we all know how their ownership literally will make anything that they could possibly do, um, including possibly bending the rules and then still missing the playoffs with the long-term IR. Um I think it's a great hire. I think he's a great coach. He's much better than Pete DeBoer. I don't rate Pete DeBoer at all, personally. But, um, yeah, good hire. Interested to see how that team goes. A lot of old players on pretty big contracts, so I'm interested to see how they change that team up in the in the offseason or just run it back. Yeah, Franco Robetsky, you got anything to add here? Uh, I kind of echo what Chad said. I think it's a great hire for them, um, especially. I mean, I, obviously, I don't think DeBoer is a bad coach, but I think Cassidy is definitely not great in uh, certain areas. Yeah, anything's going to be better than yep. DeBoer, I think, just from that debacle for the end of last season, how they just couldn't get wins. I think Cassie will be at least be able to get those wins. If they make the playoffs in the West this year, if they had, I think they could have made a pretty good run as long as they're not playing 
They could have pushed Colorado, I think. Yeah, I think that was the worst case scenario for Colorado if they ended up playing Vegas in the first round this year, um, for sure. Betsky, any thoughts? Any idea where DeBoer goes here? Oh, man. I I wonder if he takes a year off. He's yeah. kind of moved around a lot recently. Uh, he's had some decent success since that Jersey run to the, the finals on. I thought he was great in San Jose for his little tenure there. But uh, I wonder if he has some self-reflection time. Um, I mean, you got to wonder if Winnipeg loses out on trots. Does he decide to brace the Arctic and go up there? Or I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's going to need well, to get a whole new wardrobe. I, I was going to say, just to break that down, we had, I think, two, three days ago, just came out. Apparently, uh, Pete DeBoer is the leading candidate for the Dallas Stars. So there will not be a hiatus there. Ah, um, interesting. It's that, like a pretty done deal from the articles that came out. That's, that's a really, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good fit for them. I mean, he's a, an old coach leading an old team. Yeah. He, yeah. And, and I, I remember with, I remember with San Jose, like it was a big thing where like he doesn't run the players too hard. He's supposed supposedly a, like a player's coach, which shocks me because he just kind of seems, I don't know how to say it any better, but he just kind of seems like a dork back there. But, um, and maybe, maybe Dallas just kind of needs that like extra day off here and there when that, that's why I heard he was doing with San Jose, like, giving way more optional skates than usual, letting people just kind of enjoy themselves a little bit more. And that, that was when they he got them to the, the Stanley cup final against Pittsburgh that one year. But I think personally, like what I saw from Pete DeBoer, like as a devil's fan, he is a very good coach when he like comes in first, usually the first year, the mm-hmm. team does you know, quite well. Um, and he usually overstays his welcome pretty quickly. Like he'll have a good couple years and that's just it. Um, and again, for that roster, it's perfect. Cause at least from what I saw with the devils, he refused to like put any faith in young players. Adam Larson coming through with the devils. He barely played him. Um, the only youngster I've ever seen him actually put a lot of trust in was Damon Severson when he came through with New Jersey. Um, but yeah, he usually struggled and I'm not saying the devils had world beaters. That was at the time where Lou wouldn't rebuild, like rebuild. And we just had like shitty players anyway. But what young players he did have coming through, he never really gave him a chance. Um, so I think for Dallas, like if they're staying in win now mode with Sagan, Ben, Pavelski, et cetera, yeah. um, I think that's really good. And I'm sure there's some sort of connection there with Pavelski and DeBoer from his time in San Jose. Yeah, and the nice thing is a lot of their younger guys have already kind of cracked the roster and are uh, playing well and kind of have defined their roles. So he may be able to just kind of help them develop a touch more, get kind of turn them more into vets and kind of keep that train rolling for another two years. Yeah, for sure. So besides, so Vegas has filled their head coaching vacancy, uh, vacancy, excuse me, Boston, Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Chicago, and Winnipeg are still looking for coaches. So a ton of names that are going to be tossed around in the next coming weeks. Obviously teams are going to try to take those, uh, I guess, more desired candidates uh, sooner than later. And especially before the draft coming up. Um, but all right, moving on to Alex Dabrinkit. Um, talked a little bit, bit about this before the podcast started. Um, I guess we'll lead off with Ched's again here. Ched's article came out that said uh, Taves, Kane, and Dabrinkit are likely not to be on the team come trade deadline next season. I guess Taves and Kane kind of make more sense, but 
any sort of reasoning behind to bring it. I just think like if you're in the player's shoes of Alex to bring it, like if you saw all those players like Brandon Hagel traded, like do you really want to still be there? Like I'm sure that's a discussion. And I think that's a lot of like the behind the scenes that we don't see where like ownership probably sat him down. and was like, Hey, this is the direction we're going. Like, do you want to be a part of it? Because he's young enough to where he can kind of withstand a rebuild. Um, and that's going to be my assumption. Like they probably had a conversation and decided like, all right, like let's get the most we can out of him. Secondly, I respect the shit out of what Chicago is doing. And personally, like that's what a bad or mediocre team should do. Like it, for them, it might not make sense to keep, uh, Alex to bring it and win an extra six, seven games a year. Like for them, it might be more worthwhile to just get good picks, tank the season. Like I, I like what they're doing personally. Like I think that's what they should be doing. Um, and as a Devils fan, I'll, I'll welcome Alex to bring with open arms. You guys got the second overall pick. Yeah, Franco, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I haven't heard from you on this one yet. Yeah, he has a, he has a good point because it, it will clear up a lot of space for them. So that's going to give them more opportunities. It's just he's so young. So if you were able to extend him, would your team be competent in two to three years? I don't, I don't know if that would be the case because of the guys they did get rid of throughout the season. And if they're going to get rid of Kane, I, it kind of hurts. But I, I agree. It's kind of like the, we're, we're talking before the podcast about uh, San Jose resigning Hurdle. And you know, if you sign a guy six years to a team that's not going to win for five, it's kind of pointless, right? Yeah. So, so maybe that gives them more flexibility and um, they'll be better sooner rather than later instead of in the cap hell that some of these other bad teams are in. So. Yeah, yeah and the last yeah. little sprinkle on that too. And it, yeah, as we were talking about before the podcast, it kind of didn't make sense. But now, now that we've kind of dissected a little bit more, it's almost a way to kind of make up the mistake of what they gave up for Seth Jones too, because yep. that really bit them in the ass real quick. So you kind of make up a little bit for lost prospects and picks. And he's clearly the guy who's going to return the most right now. Yeah. I mean, Seth Jones, that contract is I, honestly, like I know he's not the worst player in the NHL right now, but like in a couple of years, that'll be the worst contract in the NHL. Like, I mean, Eric Carlson will still be around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't, not in seven years from now, we won't be. Well, (laughs) five. All right. Well, that's pretty bad. Like, there's Carey Price's contracts. There's a lot of really bad contracts in the NHL. He'll he'll be like a top five. How about that? The thing with Seth Jones, like, he's not that bad right now, but if he has any more like downside, like, oh, jeez. Yep. If you pair him with a good defensive defenseman, he might be able to have a little more freedom, though, right? They just need to find the right type of guy. I don't think, I think you paid nine and a half million for a guy that has to be paired <laughs> with someone else. Yeah, I know. I, know. Good. I, I think you. I think you hope he has a bounce back season, and then you get him the hell out. But yeah. I don't know who would take him. He has no move clause. He's yeah, not going and, there if he and, doesn't want to. And they brought his brother onto the team, so great. Yeah. Hey. All right, well, let's get into the Stanley Cup Finals. The back-to-back champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning, take on the Colorado Avalanche in probably, I'd say, the most anticipated um, kind of Stanley Cups in a while. Uh, I mean, just two incredible teams, right? Uh, At the start of the season, I'd say they're definitely up there in kind of the matchups you wanted to see here, right? It's not Montreal. 
uh, like we saw last year, which I was kind of concerned about New York uh, defeating the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, kind of having a similar situation there, um, which is a team completely kind of overpowering um, the other one. But all right, let's uh, let's start this off here. Chet, I was going to say, yeah. do we want to all on a kind of three, like type in the chat who we think is going to win? So no one's influenced at first. Okay. I don't we, have a whiteboard. I have okay. the chat up and ready. Yeah, I, I guess we can do that. I mean, I kind of have, I already have my picks. Did you guys have your picks like kind of locked in already? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not changing. Okay. Yeah. So we have, all right. So then we'll just go to the line here. Um, okay. Who wins and in how many games? Just, just brief. And then we can get into it after just, we could talk about it after, but just your winner okay. and in how many games. So no explanation, just like no explanation. We'll talk about it. Yeah, just to hear, just to hear this. Uh, Tampa Bay and six. Franco. Tampa Bay and six. Nice. Besky. Abs and six. Okay, I'm going abs and seven. So all right, so no real kind of Chuck and uh, Matt kind of on the same page here, but all right, let's get into this right because. I mean, it's a complicated series when you really dive into it. Of It should be the most evenly matched up um, kind of, I'd say, playoff series this year, right? Uh, two teams that you really just have no idea who's going to win this. Uh, you can look at it from a variety of angles. But, Cheds, I guess we'll start with you here. Uh, you have Tampa Bay in six. Let's hear the explanation on this one. All right. All this is going to come down to is literally one position, and everyone knows it. Center. I... How'd you know? I think Steven Stamp. No, I'm um, one on top of everything, like Darcy Kemper isn't healthy. Like when he's healthy, he's a, a, a pretty good NHL goalie. Like I'll say I'm like top 10, top 15. I think he's supposed to come back game one, but I have question marks about how healthy, like just how healthy he is. Yep. Um, and Andre Vasilevsky until he's beaten, like that guy is money in the playoffs when you absolutely need him. He wasn't great. In you know, at the beginning of the Toronto series, he wasn't great in the beginning of the New York series when they needed him most in crunch time games, like he shut it down. Yeah. And like he's able to like flip that switch. The big thing for me with the Avalanche on top of that is in the first round, they swept the Predators. They had Connor Ingram in goal. He, that's an NPC that was just created. He's not a real person. Yeah, D- David Riddick's, I believe, started game two as well, or <laughs> game one. No, so was, I mean he's he David Riddick played about seven minutes, let yeah. in four goals, and never saw the ice again. Yeah. Against Edmonton, they swept them because Mike Smith was in the net. The one series that they faced any type of competent goalie, they took game one, went to overtime. Game, I think, five went to overtime. And they finally won with like three seconds left in game six. And that was with Jordan Bennington was playing incredible, injured in game five and six. I think if they face an actual goalie who's not Mike Smith, I think they could give them run for the money. And what other goalie to go up other than Andre Vasilevsky? And off for nothing, like, I think it's a talent in the NHL to learn how to win. And that Tampa Bay team knows how to win these games. Colorado isn't there yet. They haven't done it. They've come up short a couple of years. Um, Tampa Bay does. Like, they will grind the shit out of you. And they find ways to win hockey games. And until they're beaten, I can't bet against them. Yeah. Chuck, so you took kind of took the same thing here. Tampa Bay in six. Anything more to add here? Do you? think honestly this Colorado offense can get anything past Vasilevsky or are you kind of banking on him being kind of the outstanding goalie that he's been in the uh, postseason the past few years yeah I think I think he's the x factor here for this yep. matchup you, you look at the comparisons between forwards groups you gotta give the edge to Colorado there defensive group I would say 
offensively, the Avalanche have the advantage for the defenseman, but defensively, I think the Tampa Bay has the advantage. So that kind of washes it out. <clears throat> and I'm more of just that old school thinker of goaltending. A good goaltender will will win you games in in matchups like this. So if if you're asking me whether I have Kemper or Vasilevsky in that, it's it's easy as that. So I think I think it'll be tight. I I could make an argument the other way too for Colorado. They, they, if they're able to do what they've done all season, then it won't be that difficult, but I think this is like the brick wall that they're going to run into, and it's finally going to give them uh, give them issues. And I just don't see it. It's after I think it was Game Seven when Vasilevsky really kind of turned it on in against Toronto, and since then he's just been awesome. They they swept Florida. They had the one rusty game against the Rangers where they lost six to two, and then from that point on the series has been tighter and. They just stopped. He he's just been dominant. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I bet him to get a shutout in that last game, and felt like I was robbed with that late power play call. That was BS. But that was literally the only way the Rangers were scoring in that game because they had nothing by the end of that third period. Yeah, Betsky, Betsky, who did you have again here? I had Abs in six. All right, so let's hear this. Um, so there, there's just a little bit less depth on Tampa and each year there's, they're going to have some sacrificial player to the cap and Ty Joe is always a playoff warrior. He always has been, obviously he's not the difference maker here, but I see four lines in Colorado that can really kind of wreck havoc. I thought Comfort looked great kind of towards the end of that St. Louis series I think the extra rest is going to help Colorado Tampa going into every series as the away team is, I just think it's going to kind of take a toll. I I'm doing abs in six, because if this goes to seven, I think it all of a sudden will turn to Tampa because Vasilevsky's apparently unable to lose a game. And when, when he can advance the series or, or win the cup, but I don't think it's going to come to that. Um, I think the fresher legs in Colorado, it's going to help. I think, you know, it's three long years for Tampa Yeah, and making it to finals three times. is wildly impressive. Part of me wants to see a three Pete. And then part of me thinks that we're going to see kind of a changing of the, the top team in the league. And I think this is, this is where it goes down. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough too, because you read all these articles about experts predictions and whatnot, and it's kind of split 50, 50, right? Cause on one hand, you're looking at Tampa Bay and you're like, they refuse to lose, right? Tampa Bay has not been beaten yet in the past three seasons. So why is now in the Stanley cup finals, the time to bet against them. Right. On the other hand, you look at Colorado who's arguably been the best team in the NHL all season. If not, I don't even know if it's much of an argument, right. Um, just the speed too, I think is going to be a difference here, right? We saw Tampa Bay mm-hmm. struggle a bit with Toronto in the first round, especially in the first few games. Um, lost game one with five, nothing. Um, and just really kind of seemed slow. But since then Tampa Bay has kind of really found their game. I don't know if they just need to get going a bit and get into kind of that playoff form. So it's, I mean, it's tough too. And then, cause pretty much the battle here is right. Colorado's offense versus Vasilevsky. When you're kind of breaking the series down, you're like, who's going to win? Can Colorado continue to average over four goals a game in the postseason? And they're going up against Vasilevsky as a goals against average around two. So I think that's obviously the biggest battle here that kind of everyone knows. Um, but 
All right. I guess we'll get into kind of the next things. Anyone have any series bets, whether it's kind of players, goals, points, or uh, Chad, do you have something? I just had, I was going to say, I just have one quick question for the room. Cause that one thing that Betsky said to me, I personally disagree with, and I'm curious to ever, I don't think Colorado has the depth battle here. If anything, I think Colorado has the firepower, the star power. Like I think they're top six, they're top defense pairing. But I think depth wise, that's where I actually give Tampa Bay a huge personal like booster jump here. Like guys like Patrick Maroon and Corey Perry being on your fourth line, I think they're much bigger difference makings than Logan O'Connor or Andrew Cogliano. Um, so while I agree, I think Colorado's star power, like I'll take their first line over Stamkos Kutrov even. But I think that I think they actually have stronger strength and depth. It's just that Colorado stars might shine, you know, just a little bit brighter. Again, just my opinion, but I actually think the depth, in my opinion, goes toward Tampa Bay. I mean, the top nine, I think, is a little bit deeper on Colorado. You're yeah, right about that. I would I would line. agree. I, I would agree but, completely with that. Basically. Because you know, Rantanen, Lanscock, McKinnon. Lekinen, yep. I mean, the shoe skin. I don't know. I take I take Tampa Tampa's third. I don't think I don't think Burakovsky's very good personally. He, he's looked awful this playoffs. I, I think it's true. That's very true, Franco. Top six, hundred percent. Top six, hundred percent goes Colorado's way. I think third and fourth line, in my opinion, go Tampa. Yeah, Nick Paul, Corey yeah, Perry, and I, Colton over Comfort, Kubel, and Newham for sure. I, I mean, Kadri's big though, right? Is yeah, Kadri yeah. Plug it, it's a plug and play, right? Colorado's altered their lines so many times this postseason. Yeah, yeah, it shifts everything, but that we don't know. Same it's argument, similar. Braden so Point for Point. Though. Yeah, Braden that's Point true. will shift everything yeah. the same way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. I think the logical thing was Brandon Hagel would go off that second line. Yep. So it'd be probably Back Sorelli and Kalorn. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I completely forgot about Kadri. I was looking at these lines like, oh, their top six looks good. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Kadri, Kadri makes a huge difference. Yeah, because yeah. Burakovsky shifts, yeah. shifts to the third line. Yeah. Yep. So. And then I think I think the blue lines are pretty squared up. Maybe, man, who which which blue line do you like more? This is tough. Makar, Eric Johnson, I think who's looked pretty decent. Gerard top Manson's Kevin, had a great playoff I, for them too, Colorado yeah, this season and, as well. Great Taze has been out of control. I think the top pairing obviously goes to Colorado. Um, Victor Hedman's incredible, but Jan Ruda is not like same level. I'll take the second Mm -hmm. pairing hundred percent. I think Eric Chernak might be one of the most underrated players in the NHL. Like that guy's a fucking McDonough. Yeah. And Um, McDonough too. He's been incredible. Yeah. That, that trade, it was so good. Incredible. And then third pairings. I mean, Essentially, the third pairing is both teams have one defensive defenseman with a young, like, offensive defenseman. Yeah. Yep. I would call them about even. So, for me personally, I just think it's, would you rather have the top stars, like Devin Taves and um, Kale McCarr, or do you care, like, having, let's say, a slightly worse first pair in a bet? Like, I think their defenses are pretty damn even. I do, too. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it, it's these teams match up pretty well against each other. Um, all right, so any series bets? Anyone have any kind of total games that they're playing or player points, player goals in the series? I have a few, but I want to know, let everyone else 
take the floor first if they. I mean, we should just. We should probably just get the McKinnon shots on goal out of the way at home games, right? <laughs> it's, I'm looking at on Caesars, it's minus 130 right now, which I still would take at for over 4.5. Yeah. Um, Bowen Bryan's been hitting his 1.5 line pretty frequently. Um, so those are kind of where I lean. The Tam- Tampa shots has been tricky at times it's been a little yeah. up and down but yeah. then Colorado gives up a ton of shots though so yeah. so but, yeah but yeah series wise like I would say you get you it wouldn't be a bad idea to just split the six and seven games that's yeah the, that's exactly what I did both 210 so if you put a unit on each you're going to net 1.1 units regardless I think it does go the distance to six or seven so I think that's a safe bet there mm. And then I also like another one. Um, it's a playoff prop for the series. Nathan McKinnon over two and a half goals at minus 115 on DraftKings, right? McKinnon has 11 this postseason. Um, so, and I'm expecting a long series, right? Six or seven games. So he's going to get plenty of opportunities to kind of hit that number. Um, if he only needs three goals here, obviously first on center, first on the power play. Scored three uh, goals in his last four as well. And he faced Tampa Bay once this year in the second matchup. He was hurt, but he did score in that matchup. Um, And then if you just look at the numbers wise, right, he's averaging 0.8 goals per game. So he really only needs, if he kind of continues that trend here, he just needs four games to hit that. And if I expect this to go six or seven games, I kind of think he hits this number in this series, especially if he's competing for that consummate. Um, So I like McKinnon over two goals here. I've got a couple. Okay. Uh, that I like as well. Um, similar to you guys, I like the idea of splitting six and seven uh, games. I don't see either team running away with this series. Um, another one, a player special in Tampa Bay on FanDuel, uh, Steven Samkos and Nikita Kucherov to score two plus goals each. So if they hit two, you're good, is minus 110. With Colorado's goaltending, I can't see those two stars not getting at least two goals. Um, so I like that as a, a series prop as well. Um, and then I didn't really get a chance to look at too, too much, but honestly, Tampa Bay's plus 150 to win the series. And I think they're going to win. Just take Andre Vasilevsky plus 430 to consummate. I think they go like, I cannot see a way where Tampa Bay wins this series. And he isn't the consummate trophy winner, in my opinion. Stamkos. I mean, me and yeah. Franco talked about this. I mean, we can get into it. We'll get into it now, but I guess me and Franco talked a little bit about this consummate battle before. So, I mean, obviously, Vasilevsky went out last year. I think he had a plus 22.6 goal saved above expected. Something ridiculous. Price of like a plus 13 or whatever. But Kucherov finished second in Consmite voting last season. The last winner to win back-to-back seasons was Crosby back in 16-17. Franco, I, I know we talked about this before, but what are your thoughts on that theory of even if Vasilevsky is the best player, they still give it to Kucherov regardless? Yeah, it, it makes it tough. It, it just depends on how the voters are really yeah. feeling, right? If, if it's close enough and it's it's not a series where Vasilevsky just, you know, where they're winning three to one every game, you know, you know, if he does something like that, I don't see how you can go, how you can't vote for Vasilevsky. I'm probably personally going to grab Vasilevsky as well. Um, I, I did post a future on McKinnon for Con Smythe. So that'll essentially be my hedge on the Tampa side. But yeah, I, with his expected goals or goals saved above expected being right behind, I mean, not right behind, but behind Shesterkin as second, second in the playoffs at 12.7, he's just been dominant. And I was looking at, at Kucherov's um, goals and the majority of them have been on the 
power play. I don't know how much that really matters, but I think that kind of is a, is a negative against him. It, he does have a ton of primary assists as opposed to secondary assists, so that's kind of a plus on him. So you can kind of make the argument either way, but I'll probably side with Vasilevsky there. Yeah. Well, who has the most game-winning goals for Tampa? It's all scrubs for, okay. for either side. I, I looked it up earlier. There's no – Okay, interesting. Like Stam, yeah. Stamkos got one the last game, right? Yeah. But other than that, it's for Colorado, it was Lekkanen who had three. And then it's all just – I mean, that's scrubs. But they're not guys that are going to win the consummate. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, on yeah. Their side. All right. So, Chad's, if you had to pick a – so, obviously – if you're picking the con Smythe, you're pretty much picking the winner of the Stanley Cup. The last person to win the con Smythe in a losing effort was J.S. Jaguar back in 2003. So obviously, Chuds, you have Tampa Bay in here. But for the people's sake here, if they do like Colorado, give us a con Smythe winner for Colorado and Tampa Bay. And we'll go down the line here. Uh, Colorado, I'm going to go Nathan McKinnon. Um and then, you know, Tampa Bay, I'm going to stick with my guy, Vasilevsky. Um, I don't know if you want reasoning or we're just going down the line yeah. first. Yeah, if you got it. Yeah. I, I just think no matter what, like, defensemen do, they just don't get the same amount of love. Like, I think Kale McCarr would need to, like, blow Nathan McKinnon out the water with points. And most of the time, they're on the ice together. And there's going to be a big correlation there. Um, I think, if anything, like, a lot of what the NHL does is trying to, like, market – um, different players and I think Nathan McKinnon's like that next guy right behind Connor McDavid that they want to really propel as well um, and he's electric like if anyone's changing a game it's him like you saw the I think it was game five against the Blues where like Nathan McKinnon was like I'm not losing this game he had like eight shots on goal by the end of the first period he finished with a hat trick in that game after going coast to coast like one of the most ridiculous goals we've seen in the playoffs like he has that ability to take a game over like that. I don't know if Kale McCarr can take a game over just like that just yet. And we brought about last time where game four against Edmonton, Kale McCarr had five points, and I swear I didn't see a single article about it. Like, no no one brought it up. Like, it, it's crazy how much, like, not disrespect, but just, like, blind eye sometimes defensemen get. Yeah, so that five points in a single game ranks second all-time in terms of most points by a defenseman in a single postseason uh, effort, which is just crazy. But, um, all right, so you have McKinnon, and then you have Vasilevsky. Franco, who you got from each side here? Unfortunately, I'm going to echo what Chad said <laughs> as well. Um, McKinnon, I, I already locked in a week ago, I believe, and then Vasilevsky. Uh, one thing, like I said, I was looking at the even strength goals and you know primary and secondary assists for each of the players that I was kind of looking at, McCarr included. And uh, McKinnon was one of the only guys that is had more even strength goals than power play goals. Actually, Stamkos and Palat. Palat has eight. All his goals are even strength goals, which is kind of wild to, to see. But um, you're also looking at a guy, McKinnon, who has 11 goals in 14 games. So he's almost a goal per game player, which is just pretty unreal in the playoffs. So he, he played obviously less than games than a lot of these teams. And he's still up there as far as the most goals in the entire playoffs. Um, and you look at McCarr's points or their majority assists and just, I won't say nobody cares about assists, but it's not, unless it's like a, a true assist to create a goal, it's not 
going to look as nice as McKinnon's 11 goals. And I think that's the thing that's going to play against McCarr. I think he's an absolute stud and he's amazing. But I just, like, like Chad said, it, it, this game just leads towards offense. Yeah. And Vas- Vasilevsky, obviously, we already kind of talked about that, but he's, he's the guy, I think, at this table. Yeah, Betsky, who you got here? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on the same thing. I want to take a look at Stamkos, though, at plus 1,600. Wow. They're, I may dabble on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just want to crown him to do it. And, you know, maybe he has a huge series where he is the guy that puts the team on his shoulder and he gets those wins or he gets those timely goals. Um, but I think it's a lot safer to do McKinnon or Faslowski. Yeah, so for Colorado, I'm going to go opposite of you guys. I'm going to go with the favorite, Makar. Obviously had that five-point effort earlier this season. Uh, he currently has 22 points this postseason, which ranks 14th all-time uh, for most points by defenseman in a single playoff year. If he just gets four more points, uh, he moves up to third all-time for a single uh, playoff season. And then besides his offensive ability, I think last season or last series versus Edmonton, he really kind of showcased his defensive ability, shutting down McDavid. Um, so I do like him to win this plus 160, not great odds, but I think if Colorado wins and he does get those four points, I think it's hard to kind of, I guess, dismiss that kind of the postseason that he has had um, so far. And then I think well, all three. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to. Uh, go in one more player that I just realized I am absolutely going to throw $5 down on Andre Palat plus 22,000. He, I, I swear to God, every game he scores their game winning goal. Like if he has another series, like he did against the Rangers, I think first off, he's a cash. He's a walking cash cow. Cause they keep putting him at minus minus one twenty for a point And he gets a point in every game, like much smaller name. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but for plus 22,000 with how many game winning goals and big goals he's had for them. I really like the value, like a ton, just to throw like five, ten bucks on and just like hope for the best. Yeah, it's yeah. He's, he's plus yeah. plus seven thousand on Caesars, so he's plus twenty two thousand on Fanduel. I just looked at it right now. Damn, Fanduel hasn't heard the podcast yet. Apparently, <laughs> he he has he does have two game winning goals. I did I, I forgot about him from earlier. So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I, I, in that I Ranger series, I think he was their most consistent forward, even more so than Kucherov and Stamkos. Absolutely, absolutely. Ten dollars to win twenty-two thousand. Oh, yeah. Let me lock that shit in right now. And I, I, I know I heard the announcers just drooling over his chemistry with Kucherov multiple times. So if they keep that up, you know, if if these games go to overtime and plots the guy who gets those goals, yeah. And look yeah. at it this way, man. He's throw getting beer at it. And... He's he's a UFA, so he's playing for a paycheck. So, yeah, and then for Tampa Bay, I am going to go um, with Vasilevsky as well. I mean, we talked about that theory about Kucherov, but um, I do think Vasilevsky has been their MVP this postseason. Uh, if he does win it in back-to-back seasons, he would become the first goalie since Bernie Perrant in 1974 to 1975 with the Philadelphia Flyers to accomplish that feat. Um, so a little stat for everyone out there, that one. I guess now that we got kind of the series covered, we can get into game one. Um, so Colorado is a heavy favorite at minus 155. Tampa Bay is currently listed at plus 135. The over-under is set at six. So these teams have met twice during the regular season. Um, this year, Colorado won both matchups. The first one did go to a shootout, but 
in terms of line movement here in the first game, uh, it was pretty much a pick them both were at minus 110 with the over six as well being a pick them at minus 110. Let me shift to game two, um, where Colorado was the home favorite at minus 115. But given that the over did hit in the first game, the over was juiced to minus 125, but still held at six here. So, I mean, in terms of line movement here, Colorado is the heaviest favorite that they've been in their matchups um, this season. And then the over is juiced as well in this first game to minus 115 here. I guess we can start off um, just before we even get into the odds and everything. Um, so this is pretty much just who you think is going to win. Uh, odds aren't involved in this. And then we can kind of get into our picks after this. But we'll start with Betsky here. Who wins game one? Yeah, it's a tricky one because we saw Tampa come out slow after the break um, against Rangers, and now we got the flip side where Colorado just swept. They've had a break, but I don't think they're going to have as much rush or rust, and I think they're going to be a lot more just buzzing and ready to get going and their first cup final appearance with this type of roster. Um I really, I really lean on Colorado taking this one. Obviously, it's borderline a coin toss, but I definitely lean on Colorado winning. And I, I think I like the over here. I think it's going to be a little sloppy. I think the teams are going to have to kind of just adjust to two high-flying teams versing each other um, and, and just having to – I don't think they're going to necessarily feel each other out and, and come out slow and, and – kind of test the water i think they're going to be at least colorado is going to be out there shooting and i think they're they know they they're up against a wall so there's one way to get through that and you just got to chip away at it yeah franco who do you think here takes game one i'm going to go opposite for some of the reasons you said the rust factor the big one for me is if it is kemper in that 14 days since his last game and we don't know what kind of shape he's in after that and how he's really feeling but do you and think they're going to throw Kemper in? I mean, Francois has been the better goalie this postseason. If you look at GSAX, save percentage, and goals against, he's been their better goalie. So why would they put Kemper in game one, even if he is healthy? Because he's the better goalie. Yeah, he's the better goalie when it really comes down to it. I, I don't think that Francois has been that good. I, I, he's yeah, kind of no. been up and down in the, in the game. So if, if I'm them, I, I don't see how you don't go Kemper and you hope he's okay. But I just, I just see Tampa coming out early and, and often, and there's going to be those mistakes ju just like Tampa did. I mean, we, that game was six to two against the Rangers. They lost and the Rangers didn't score one power play goal. The team that can't score on five versus five, all their goals, six goals were even strength. Yeah. Didn't happen all year. So, and I, I know it's different teams and all that, but I, I just, I think Tampa is going to come out and they're going to give a little shock to the, to the abs here yeah Jeds, what do you got game one who takes it i really really like uh tampa bay to take it similar to for our to what franco mentioned i think there's definitely a rust factor there more so than the actual rust between the team of the avalanche if kemper who is expected to start like i said 14 days not playing is tough yeah. and vashalevsky is going to be locked in um i think if there's a game that Tampa Bay could steal away from home. Like this is the one. Um, so I really like the value there on, uh, on Tampa Bay. Um, and I know we're going to talk through a little bit more props, but that's, that's my main kind of lean on the game. 
Yeah. No, so I, I do think – I'm going to echo what Betsky said here. I do think Colorado comes out and takes game one. I think it's going to be one of those games where you just see Colorado kind of come out with an inspired effort here, obviously. First playoff – or first Stanley Cup appearance since 2001 uh, where they did win against a certain team that we won't mention. Um, but, yeah, no, I like Colorado here. I think the speed factor too um, – I mean, what, Tampa Bay faced New York, and then they faced um, – Jesus, I can't think right now. Florida. Florida, Florida. Florida. Yeah, I mean, two not particularly fast teams, right? We saw game one when they faced Toronto. Toronto came out flying. Toronto dominated all areas of the puck. Tampa Bay had a few power plays, and it looked like they were on the penalty kill. Um, so I think Colorado comes out, takes game one at home. They haven't been as good uh, at home as they have been away this postseason. They're – uh, five and two at home, but they're seven and zero on the road. Uh, so that's just something to note for everyone out there. But uh, we'll go. We'll start with Cheds here again. We'll go down the line. Any uh, sides and total picks for Game One here? Obviously, you get the winner. Are you going to take Tampa Bay on the plus money? I have no idea how this game is going to play out. I don't know if it's going to be an even keeled game because Vasilevsky's standing on his head, or he has a down game and Kemper shits the bet. Like. I have no clue on the the actual side um, for the totals here. Like six just seems perfect. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, I could see it being a little more cagey. I know that's because they didn't expect it, but I I, I could just see it doing it because yeah. it's just the nature of Tampa Bay. Like that's how they want to play. Um, but I'm not confident in taking that under. Like even during the right, like how can you bet the under in a Colorado Avalanche game? Like you're sweating from minute two. <laughs> Yeah, the puck drops and you you got a bead of sweat dripping down your uh, face there too. I mean, against against Nashville, McKinnon scored in like eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, something stupid. Yeah, it's also interesting too that I mean, obviously, given the two regular season games, but six too, right? It, it gives Vegas such an out in this game if it is that four to two uh, effort. So that line does seem extremely kind of sharp given what we've seen uh, out of both teams in the postseason. Franco, are you taking any sides or totals in this game? So there's an interesting bet on DraftKings. I think we've talked about it in the past. But so Tampa, the money line is plus 135. But the tie no bet line is plus 125. So the games in the the regular season were both tight. Uh, One went to overtime in a shootout. One was a three to two game, obviously, in reg. But um I, I want to kind of protect myself just in case it does go to OT and anything can happen in OT in the playoffs. So th- this gives me that out at plus 125. I'm losing 10 cents of juice. I don't care. I'll take a Tampa plus 125 uh, tie no bet. I like it. Betsky, what do you got here? I was just poking around uh, 60 minute betting and both teams to score Tampa's plus 215, Colorado plus 110. So if you, if you want to kind of get a little more value out of any of those money lines, those two are pretty nice. And then if you bump it up one more notch, 60 minutes betting and both teams score two or more And grand, we're hoping that you don't get to overtime here, but two fifteen for Colorado and uh, Tampa at three sixty. Both are, both are kind of intriguing there. Yeah. What did you say? Both teams to score on Colorado to win was. Um, plus one ten for 60 oh. minute betting. So Colorado's going to win in regulation, and both teams have to score. I yeah, love, but I Tampa, love that. But Tampa's two fifteen. If you're on the Tampa side, there. 
Yeah, I might sprinkle that. That yeah. that's very nice. I yeah, you figure what Colorado's kind of just shot total. They're gonna eventually get one by Vasilevsky in game in game one, and then you look on the other hand of Tampa Bay is probably gonna get one past Kemper or Franco, who's ever in net there. So yeah, I think that's some incredible value, and also. If you look at it from an arbitrage standpoint, you still get enough money if you put a unit on each side. True. So for all our whales who listen to this podcast out there, <laughs> there's a little opportunity for you guys that uh, I think is a pretty good shot at hitting. But you see, you say that it's like, hey, everyone could win money on either side. And then Andre Vasilevsky will have like the game four oh, against yeah. Florida Panthers where he had like 56 saves in regulation. <laughs> He's like, sorry, guys, both sides lose. Yeah. Like, oh, there's that, no goals being scored. Oh, that could totally happen, too. We could be completely wrong on that. But um, I'm hoping it's not. I, I personally like I don't want to throw in more variables for that. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, like you weird shit happens in the playoffs and like it wouldn't surprise me if Andre Vasilevsky just decides like, no, like absolutely not. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so any, anyone touching this total too, I know everyone's kind of been hesitant to even look at it the wrong way. Betsky, are you, I know you said you leaned the over here Are you making it yeah. a play or are you just kind of waiting to f- feel it out? I may, I may wait to feel it out. I, I think I'd feel a lot more confident in game. Well, see, in game bag too. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if, if Kemper's a little rusty and Tampa gets a quick one, then Colorado is going to have to play to get it back. And then all of a sudden, are you in a race? I mean, obviously, Vasilevsky could just totally wall it up then. But I mean, if, if Tampa's up 1 0 within, the first 10 minutes or so you got to think this thing's going over. Yeah. 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 Kind of, if, yeah. if anything, I would say first period over, but it's at minus 140. So that would probably be a live bet if I was going to do it. I, I think Tampa Bay's entire game style is like, they just want to grind them down. If they score early, I, I'm almost more confident in an under because like Tampa Bay's literally going to set up shop and be like, no, like they're just going to completely stop. I don't know. I don't, I really want to see game one for myself, almost like a boxing match, like a first round. Like I need to see how these two teams play. Cause I have no idea whether to expect like the high flying, high powered offense to take over or the team that'll just grind them down and force them to play at their speed. Like I have no clue. So I'm for game one, at least I, I literally have no idea. I think it's a dart throw. Yeah. I just don't know if they can make Colorado play their way. I don't I mean, know if they can contain Rantanen and McKinnon and Kadri down the lineup or McCarr from getting some outlet passes to flying McKinnon down the ice, I, especially after having just gone seven games and you're flying across the U S again, you know, the whole quote unquote elevation factor. I, I just, I, and I'm not saying it's impossible, obviously. I, I just don't know if that's how this one goes, but I mean, I Counterpoint why, yeah. to that, though, there's only one team in the NHL that scored more goals than Colorado. Tampa Bay was able to shut them down pretty easily if they wanted to. Like Tampa Bay, if they are, I'm saying, what? How does Colorado react if they're not allowed to play their game? 
right? Like what if Tampa Bay could genuinely like just stifle them and like frustrate them? Like we don't know what's going to happen in that scenario because they've been able to just fly past all their opponents. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think Colorado can get shut down like Florida did. But like this no. Tampa Bay team system and everything, like they're just such a well-oiled machine that like, man, I wouldn't put anything past that team. Do you think the series is going to be more like the Colorado and Blues series where you're getting higher scoring games and a lot of back and forth on, on who's winning the games and the teams winning on the road, teams winning at home? Or do you think it's going to be more like um, Tampa and – even New York too, low scoring. New York, yeah, yeah. At the, especially the lead, or actually that whole series where you have a bunch of scoring at first, and then yep. it starts to funnel down. I guess I guess Tampa, Toronto's the other good comparable too, just literally back and forth and tons of scoring. Uh, I think I think it plays more like the Blues series because the way Bennington was playing kept those games close in the first two games, and then he was gone, but. I, I, th- I think that's how it goes. I mean, we'll see, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you, we talk about this, right? But it really, like, no one has a general feel for this series by any means of a, that they want to kind of stand by because you just have no idea. I mean, I, I haven't watched the regular season games. Uh, I haven't gone back and watched that yet. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I do think it. To Franco's point, I do think it plays more like the Blues series here. Uh, we saw Colorado face their best goaltender in Bennington in that series, um, and they'll face Vasilevsky this series, who's be- who is much better than Bennington. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts here, Chad's? Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. What do you think the series plays more like? Um, gotcha. I think it'll be back and forth because I, I I think there's going to be at least a game or two where I think Tampa Bay is going to be the better team. And I'm not saying that means they're going to win the game, but I also think there's going to be at least one game this series that Colorado absolutely dominated and they just lose due to goaltending. Uh, I think it's going to go back and forth. Like there's going to be some games where that offense just won't be stopped. And there's some games where I I can't, like I think Vasilevsky won't be stopped. So um yeah, I, it's going to be really curious, at least for me, as that series goes. Um, it's yeah. going to be tough to bet, but shots on goal, I think, are a given. Yeah, oddly another, enough. Oh, here, go ahead, Betsky. Another interesting component, too, is do you think the whistles are going to be put away? Yeah. Or do you think we're going to get a lot of calls? I think game five and on in that Rangers series, like you literally needed to murder someone. <laughs> For most of those penalty calls, except the one on Stamkos, like five minutes left, like for whatever reason, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. Still mad about that. That entire game six, literally, they didn't call a single thing on anyone. Like they let every little bit of interference go. They let everything go. Which look, if they completely put the whistles away, I think that only helps Tampa Bay, in my opinion. I do do too. Um, But I don't know. I I think game one's going to dictate that a lot. But I, I think typically you end up seeing uh, referees put the whistles away when you get to this point, which I'm interested to see what that correlation is like for shots on goal. Like, is that going to really affect stuff like that? I yeah. think, too, you'll see a lot of matching penalties, which will create a lot of 404s. 
And that's probably a bad thing for Tampa. So just another thing to kind of think about. Great thing for uh, shots on goal, though. I found four yep. on four is just awesome. Chef's kiss, <laughs> the best time for shots on goal. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, you look at the regular seasons, Colorado had 2.91 expected goals for in both of those matchups. Uh, Vasilevsky had a negative GSAX in both those games. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can get into some player props now. Uh, I don't know who wants to start with this. Chad's well, mentioned a few let guys Let me stop earlier. you right there. Yep. Let me stop you right there. You already said his name. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Yep. Uh, alt saves 50. <laughs> Might as well just go right up. Um, I is don't that know an actual line or no? You can take that on FanDuel. That is absolutely an alt line that they just dropped. Yeah, I thought, I thought you were kidding me yeah. earlier. And it's then, no, wait, wait. So it's <laughs> 4,000. So what is this? 50? Yeah, but it's only in 60 minutes. So they cap you at OT. Oh, so no it's way. riskier than no. what it sounds like. Uh, I'm not actually taking it. I think his line's 32 and a half now. If you get to 33 is when you get minus 105. Um, I like that a lot. I think if they want to win this game, like Colorado's going to pepper him. And yeah, uh, I like Vasilevsky a lot. Um, I know Gretzky mentioned it earlier, but like Nathan McKinnon at home, I mean, you kind of have to take it. I'm interested to see what that line actually is at. I bet you it'll be pretty juiced. And I, and I have to say, like, so much props to FanDuel. The new ability to do alt lines at, like, two goals or two shots on goal. Now they're letting you ladder all the way up to, like, eight. Like, I'm probably taking Nathan McKinnon for eight shots on goal tomorrow. He's yeah. Plus I, 750. I, like, I'm, I'm yeah. not even kidding at this point. Like, when he gets shot out of a cannon and he wants to shoot, like, he can have five or six by the first period. Yeah. I, I, I actually really like that line. Uh, taking up to eight shots on goal. That's probably worth sprinkling out at, at least every home game. Yeah, I'm not putting a full unit on it, but no. Cheds, I know you mentioned this guy too, um, but Andre Pilat over 0.5 points for minus 120 uh, for Tampa Bay. He's hitting four of his last five, uh, three in the last five on the road, and then also recorded at least a point in both their regular season games. Guy's been a cash cow this uh, postseason. What are your thoughts on that one? So my only issue with him is probably why I'm staying away is he's much more consistent at home away from home. I think he's hit, he's hit in three or four, but the, the chart just doesn't look great at home. He's literally hit. I think it's like 16 home games in a row at this point. Um, also on top of that, I tweeted out Andre Palat to, uh, to win the con smite just now <laughs> while we we're talking during this, his line has moved from like plus 22,000, like plus 16,000. So that was a good night. That was a nice little bit of value there. Apparently every other sportsbook has them at like plus seven thousand though, which is very yeah. I, so I, I feel like I got some well. good value. I feel like I got some really good value there, so I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, on the Tampa Bay side, God knows if I I think Braden Point throws such a spanner in the works because then you're sitting here like I don't know how that affects this team and they're already inconsistent enough as is for shots on goal. Yeah. I think the only guy I really like definitely is Nikita Kutrov. He's one of the guys in the NHL that are better away from home than at home for shots on goal. And I think in a big game, I like it a lot. They He played Colorado once this year and Colorado he had eight. So I think I'm going to like, I like Kutrov a lot for shots on goal tomorrow. Plus 120, right? For three and a half. I have plus one. 
30. Let me double check here. I, I was looking I, at DraftKings, so that might be. I've, it's I have 133. Okay. I have plus 133. All right. Yeah. So speaking of Braden Point, uh, I was watching um, the point today, actually, oddly enough. Uh, Cooper came on and said, obviously, all the articles had stated that uh, Point was a full participant in practices on Monday, and he's expected to be the same in Tuesday. Cooper said he's a definite for game two, um, but it is still kind of, it's leaning towards probable for game one. So I'm expecting we see him, um, but yeah, just a little note on that. Chuck, any player props for the first game? Yeah, I. it's going to, one for Colorado is going to, actually two of them for Colorado are going to depend on Kadri. If Kadri's out, I really like Lekkonen props, um, either points, or uh, shots over over two and a half shots. So, is there any chance Kadri plays? Because I did. I know he started skating, but there was no like he even has a chance to play. No, they said him and Cogliano uh, didn't skate with the team, and they also didn't have a stick in hand on Monday. So I'm doubting that they're going to be ready to go for uh, yeah. Wednesday. I, I think Kadri's definitely. Okay, then that's good. Then that's good. So, so I mean, Lekkonen, you're looking at plus 105, plus 110 for two and a half shots. And um, points is a little bit, I think it's like minus 120. So that's not too bad. Um, Then I would also like um, Com for points as well. I think he's like plus 135. I might do like a half, you know, on him there. Um, So that would be where I would go on the Colorado side. I mean, besides McKinnon, which is obvious. Um, you can get Lekkonen for plus money on FanDuel right now for points as well. Okay. It yeah, is plus 100 on Caesars. At plus yeah, 105. So, so, yeah, yeah, so that's that's pretty solid. I mean, he, he's been almost a revelation in this playoffs. I, I know his expected goals for in that last game was like 1.2 almost, which is ridiculous. And he got that one in overtime. But, um, yeah, I, I just think he, he, he really has been stepping it up, so – plays on that top line on the power play. So it's a good thing. Um, and you guys are saying points most likely in. So I was going to lean at like Sorelli there, um, either points or, or shots. But if, if points back, I want to see what those lineups look like there. So, yeah, um, I don't know. The, other, the only other one would be the shoe. That's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he's back, I, I might just lay off and on Tampa side because I, I just want to see how how everybody looks now. But I think I think that's where I'm going to go. the The other one that's not a player prop, it's a game prop. It would be a parlay piece, though. I, I actually have it in another in a, with another play that already happened last night. But Tampa's team total in the first period over a half is minus one fifty five. So you got you know a full day worth of thinking about what you could parlay with that if it's in another you know another sport, obviously. But I, I like that a lot. I think they're going to get at least one in the first Tampa. So. That's key. What do you got for player props game one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be on that Lekkonen shots um, and probably his point. Uh, assists have been treating me really well lately. It seems like they're a little bit more predictable in the playoffs. The goal scorers are the ones scoring and the, the, the kind of key guys are on their lines are the ones that are assisting it. Um, so I'm just kind of taking a look here. I mean, Kucherov at minus 120, but he gets a little dicey whether or not he's going to be the guy scoring on that line or not. Um, Devontae's at plus 115 is just kind of popping out for me. So I may take a look at his chart and uh, I may dabble in that a little bit. And then the other one, and it's 
I kind of want to see what the lineups look like, but Ranton and assist at minus 115 seems really nice value there. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, going off of Cheds too, I am taking Andre Vasilevsky over 31 and a half saves and the two regular season games. He's averaged 34 shots on goal against Colorado's averaging 40.7 overall, but 43.14 at home. Tampa Bay is giving up 31.9 overall, but away they're giving up 31. I think it is a fast paced game in game one. And I think Colorado comes out flying and just peppers the living shit out of Vasilevsky. Not sure how many are going to go in at any sort of that line, but I do think this line soars over. I think we see kind of close. He closes in on 35, 36 saves in game one. Um, not sure about the goals against, but I do like that play a lot. Um, all right. I guess any Sorry, other. I had one more. Yeah. Another good parlay piece of someone that's been pretty consistent all season long, not just all playoffs. Um, again, it's going to be a parlay piece. You need someone to put them with, but Alex Klorn away from home is really good for shots on goal. So for two shots on goal, he's around that minus 180 point and he hits about 70% of the time away from home. Um, so you're going to have to find someone to parlay him with, but it won't be too difficult. You take one of the guys, like maybe like a Kale McCarr from two and a half down to two. And there's a, a nice little right around plus money or right around minus 110 parlay, but. Yeah. All right. So now that we got our serious prediction game one picks out of the way, anything else to add before we wrap this up? I seriously can't wait. <laughs> but let's. Uh, so excited. So can, can we place our bets for 2023? Future who wins the cup for 2023. <laughs> it's real easy in my eyes. It's never been so clear. Devils, yeah, in four. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, all right. So, we'll most likely have um, maybe we'll get an episode out before game two. Could be like a shorter one where you just kind of talk about game one and give some game two picks. Um, but definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, you guys want to plug your socials one more time? Yeah, I was just going to say one more thing. We talked about it before the show, but if everyone's down for it, um, I think we're going to do after like the whole offseason craziness after the draft, after the free agency period, we're going to do episodes breaking down different conferences, how their teams have changed and where they were and kind of overviews uh, for their team. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, keep an eye out for that to kind of take us through the lull of the, the offseason. So I'm excited about that. Um, but yeah, other than that, at Top Cheddar Picks on Twitter, still, I've been talking about getting on the Instagram game, just haven't done it, but um, still there. You know where to find me. Franco. Yep, on uh, Twitter at Franco the Banker. Gretzky. Uh, on Twitter at Gretzky Betskies. Awesome. All right. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Gator Sport, at Gator Betting, and on Instagram at Gator Sports Betting. Uh, this has been another episode of Expected Bets 4. We thank you guys all for listening, and we will see you guys shortly.